Hello and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm delighted that you have reserved this hour to spend a little time thinking about the stories we live by and the stories we're writing and the impact we really want to have in our world. Today, we are going to talk about stress. And if you think you know everything about stress, I invite you to call in so we can get some of those ideas on the air. If you'd like to learn something about stress, I invite you to call in so we can talk about your situation and kind of shift it around, see what we can do for you. Stress is one of those things that can exist in any situation whether it's big or small or in between. And I really feel that if we're to master the stories we're living by, it's really essential that we understand the nature of stress and how to kind of work with our mind and keep our minds really clean. Because if you haven't noticed, we've had a tad bit of stressful stuff going on. This is the year 2020 right now, and I try to make all my shows to some extent timeless, that that they will always work whether you're listening live or listening to a replay. But I got to admit, this year has definitely showered us with reason to think about our relationship with stress. So that's kind of where I want to start. We tend to think stress lives in situation and circumstance, at least I do. Um, But actually, we can really work with stress a whole lot better if we think about how we relate to it and also how we fail to relate to it. So that's what we're up to today. And if you are a writer, welcome. If you are out there working hard and living in your story of work, welcome. If you're a mom, welcome. You have stories galore about children. If you're retired, I want you to keep creating your stories. Welcome to the show. And all of those stories in between and beyond, I invite you to think about how lately Have you been relating to your stress? And also, what would you say is causing your stress? There's those knee-jerk reactions. There's those things that we want to say. You know, I have a stressful boss. I have a stressful partner. I have a stressful child. So I I don't have any problem starting there, but we're going to go deeper. Because that's what I do. (laughs) I was just actually at one of those online, oh, you know, kind of courses that you do online. And all of your peers are online with you on a Zoom call. So you can see the other 10 people. And we all had to come up with a word for each other. And five out of the 10 people said the word for Debbie is she's deep. (laughs) And I didn't know if that was good or bad, but I had to decide, "Mm, they're probably right. I probably am a little bit on the deep side. 
But, you know, it's because I, I think that's how we grow and we shift and we change and we relate to our lives and to our stories through the depth of it all, not just through the idea that we have to, I don't know, muddle our ways through. It's really, it's really about going deep in my, in my terms. Um, that's, that's where I think the real good stuff happens. So today, if you have any questions about how you relate to stress, whether it's your book, your blog, your brand, your home life, your work life, your parenting life, whether it's your retired parents, we could go on and on with examples. Wherever it's showing up for you, I invite you to call in or to write in. I have, I have a lot of screens on in front of me here. But the one I go to the most when I think you might be reaching out by writing in, I go to Facebook. And on the back side of Facebook, you can leave me a personal message. And you would just go to my page. It's Debbie Handrich. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. And Handrich is just like it sounds. It's H A N D. R-I-C-H. You can also go to my Coach Debbie page, just Coach Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y. Or if you like email, you can go to askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And wherever it is you show up with your question, I will do my very best to answer all of them today. I think the the big thing here is that we have to realize anytime we're talking about stress, we're talking about our ability to relate to the pressure, the pressure we feel we are under. And what I hear from a lot of people is very common. And that is that stress happens to us through situation or through circumstance. And and I was on board with that for a lot of years myself. That I would say, this was my language, I, I would say to you, I've put myself in a stressful situation again. Or I'm living uh, in a stressful situation or I'm dealing with stressful circumstances. That was always how I would shape it. You know, my money's got me stressed. My my next door neighbor has me stressed out. Uh, The construction going on is stressing me out. I still say that all the time. But what I really mean underneath it is somehow I've really managed to put pressure on myself and I'm feeling an awful lot of stress. I want to share with you a quote that woke me up to this this relationship I was having with stress. Can, Can you almost hear I had a real blame relationship with stress? Do you relate to that at all? Do you ever blame things for your stress, your work, your... I blame my technology all the time for stress, all the time. (laughs) 
it's it's our things. We like to think of our things, our people, the places as stress. I could name two things historically right now that has really caused us to pay attention. You know, any sort of virus will always cause you to pay attention. And any time a person's rights have been diminished or absolved or we might even say murdered, uh, we're paying attention. We're really paying attention. And we think of it as a stressful situation. But one fine coach named Michael Neal, he is the founder of Super Coach Academy. He wrote the book Super Coach. He wrote um, The Space Within. Uh, Oh, what's that great book he wrote with the word impossible in it? Mm, Can't remember. The Inside Out Revolution. He's written wonderful books. Here's a quote straight from Michael Neal that really, really got me thinking about my relationship to stress. He says, stress is the feeling of stressful thinking because stress is in the mind. Kind of complicated, but let's try this. Stress is the feeling of stressful thinking because stress is in the mind. In other words... We feel stressed because we think about a situation, not because the situation exists. So in other words, we feel stressed when we think about writing our book, not because we have chosen to write a book. So what you might find is yourself saying right now, well, I've chosen to write a book and I don't feel stressed. Aha. That's because how you relate to your thinking. Writing a book is not inherently stressful. It's how we think about writing a book that kicks up all the stress. I know someone who wrote his 11th book. He's written about 26 of them now. His name is Alan Cohen. He was the man who certified me in my master coaching, in his master coaching program. And he was talking one day about writing his 11th book. And I I fail to tell you the title of that one right now, but he has many, many good books. One that I absolutely love is... The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Oof, that was a really early book. But man, pick that up if you can if you can find that one. The Dragon Doesn't Live Here Anymore. He was saying about his 11th book that he had some real estate investments going on. He had just finished a few coaching projects. And he looked to his bank account and realized that for the next month or so, or maybe longer, that he really didn't need to work. And he was just going to assign himself a little vacation break. As he put it, you know, how often does this come up that you see you can have a break? And so he took a break, and although it wasn't really planned, because he is an avid writer, he did not 
break from writing. While he was on this one-month vacation, he found himself writing plenty. And when he got back, he realized, hey, if I really work out the organization of what I've written down here, because it was on a common theme, I just might have a book. And he got together with someone, and they did exactly that. And lo and behold, it was out in print within the end of the year. And as he put it, it was the first time that he wrote a book and cannot look back on it and find any point in which he was experiencing stress. Because in his mind, and and he just said it so eloquently at the retreat, he said, I was just doing what I know how to do. I really enjoy writing. I put myself on vacation. I was writing because, well, that's a little of who I am. And the next thing you know, I was home from the vacation and I put together a book and yeah, there it goes. Now, you might be thinking, well, of course he wasn't stressed out. He had the money to go on vacation. It was his 11th book. He probably had relationship with publishers, on and on and on and on. But what I really want to entertain is the fact that you know, you know, if you write, that just sitting down to write and thinking, this has got to get out on my blog or this has to be a chapter in my upcoming book or this has to be a letter that I send to my congresswoman or whatever's going on in your head, that's the kind of talk that starts the stress. It's, it's that dialogue with the self that this thing we're writing has to show up in a certain way in the world. And it's really funny how that really plays havoc on our psyche because when we do that, instead of relating to our writing, we're relating to stress. We're relating to the idea that we've got to say it in such a way that our congresswoman goes to bat for a particular issue. Or we start to relate to the blog posts that it's got to work out in a particular way because we're using that blog post as marketing material and and we need a certain number of people to respond. And, And we start to feel the constriction and we start to feel how we amp up. And that's the stress. It comes from how we think about things. Stress is not innately part of writing. The stress happens because when we think about our writing, we go to thoughts that are full of pressure, like it has to sell, or it's got to be done by a certain amount of time, or it's got to be great, or It's got to only be a certain number of words or it's got to get in the mail today. That's where the pressure and that's where the stress comes in.
So we're going to be talking about this because you might disagree or you might have an experience where you're saying, aha, let's talk about this. I think I'm starting to see it in a whole new way. You think about what your experience is because after the break, I am going to go to our very first question here from Janelle. Okay, Uh, Janelle, who wrote in on Facebook today. Thank you. After the break, we will take the first question. And if you have one, I encourage you to send it in. We will be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150, raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The nicotine in e-cigarettes is addictive and can harm brain development. That's why I worry about teens who try e-cigarettes. Many young people use pod-based e-cigarettes like Juul, which have high levels of nicotine. And because teens' brains are still developing, they can quickly become addicted. The tobacco industry uses fruit and candy flavors to attract young people, often turning them into lifelong users. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world, their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me. We are talking today about stress. Yeah, this is a timeless topic. (laughs) And I am sure that over time you have had a question or two or 2,000 about stress. And I'm always delighted when people write in and tell me that that's what's going on for them. I want to thank uh, Zach, who actually wrote in to me a few days ago and asked if I would talk about this topic, stress, with him. And we worked out a few things. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get his permission to share some of the ideas we had talked about. Um, But one thing I just want to say is I was really aware of how after the conversation, um, Zach just seemed lighter. And I just want to say, I did too. I mean, there was a huge benefit in having this opportunity to have to articulate my thoughts about stress and to have to remind myself thoughts about stress and then to just kind of go back into my life 
and look at where am I not being really thoughtful about stress? Because again, I think the reason we care a lot about stress is that we care about our influence in the world, or maybe we care about our energy levels, or for some of us, we care about impact, we care about productivity. It's not really that we're thinking about, gosh, I have to, I have to manage my stress. It's that we're thinking about something else and underneath that something else, the job, the home, the money, the future is stress. And what I think is so important is to realize this idea that it's possible that the stress doesn't live in the situation. It's more in our mind and how we've put pressure around particular topics. And it's, it's very difficult for us then. Janelle wrote in, and I, w- I want to read this to you. She says, I'm new to your podcast, and I'm grateful that you put this out because I work in publishing. I don't deal well with stress at all. In fact, I have felt like I have been under a terrible amount of stress ever since I said yes to this job. But I don't know how to escape it, and it has never occurred to me that the stress is in my mind. I would tell you that the stress begins the minute I come to work. Now, due to circumstances, I am working from home, and I don't feel the slightest bit more comfortable doing that than I felt going to work. I could really use your help with this. So, Janelle, I I just want to say thank you um, for being transparent here, and... um, Forgive me for not including all of your letter, but that part, I think, really spoke to what most of us feel when we're in a situation where we were at work and we were thinking, man, this place I go to, this commute I have, this job I have is so stressful. And then a lot of it, you know, due to our times, has fallen away. Many of us, like you said, we're... We're not driving into work and uh, we're, we're not sitting cubicle to cubicle with other people. Some people have told me that they're spending the entire day in their pajamas. I mean, that's got to be kind of comfy, but the stress hasn't gone away. So how could that be? Well, I want to come back to another quote here that I I love because it's so frank and it comes from James Baldwin, who I'm sure you can appreciate. And he says, nothing can be changed until it is faced. Nothing can be changed until it is faced. So that's a little bit different than saying we can change something as soon as we know about it, right? That's not quite as heavy, or as some people say, it's not quite as deep. But it's pretty deep when you say it's not going to change until we face it. And what is it, Janelle, you want to face? You want to face the predicament that 
stress is following you around and you haven't left your home. And I can really relate to this because, like I said, it isn't necessarily the situation or the circumstance. It's how we think about it. And I would have never have come up with that on my own. I would have never have come up with that if Michael Neal hadn't coached me into really examining, or as James Baldwin says, facing how I relate to my thinking. And Janelle, you might be just like me. You might be one of those people that, um, you said you worked in publishing. So you might be one of those people that feels honored to have been chosen for that job. I know when, when I was chosen, uh, I was an associate professor for a college. When I was chosen for my job, oh, ho, 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 I danced all over the planet with just delight. I, I couldn't believe that, that they chose me. And then I put the pressure on myself and the stress grew. I put this pressure on myself that <gasps> they chose me. I better do a good job. Oh my goodness. What if I don't do a good job? What if I don't do the job that they expect me to do? What if I do a good job on Monday, but not on Tuesday? Will, will that get me fired? This stuff started to go through my mind. So what did I do? I switched to the other side of my mind that was like, hey, 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 calm down. You, you have your master's degree. You, you're going to be okay. And you, you've written how many papers now? You, you, you wrote your thesis. You're going to be okay. You know, I, I tried to go over to that side, but, you know, just positive thinking and affirmations has never been enough for me. I'm just way too squirrely and anxious for that. And now I'm starting to understand why. It's because I wasn't really facing what was going on by saying that. So Janelle, I want to give you some tips here. And and this goes for anyone. But I want you to really think about the idea, maybe even just, just for fun, just for now. Assume the possibility that the stress you're feeling about your writing job, your publishing job, is due to pressures and how you think about them. So one thing I want to ask you is, are you enjoying the job? Is there any place in which you do enjoy the job? Because there's a lot of magic when we realize what we're doing at work that we really love to do. And one of the things I've discovered is so many of the things I don't love to do is because I think I don't do it well. And that's a stressful thought. It doesn't even mean it's true. It's just a stressful thought. So I want you to come to that, that place where you can say, what? parts of my job do I enjoy? And then really think about this. Do you feel stressed out to the max when you're enjoying it? 
Probably not. You're probably just enjoying it. I know one of the things I really enjoyed in publishing was when we would get together with the entire layout crew and we would put down all the pictures and all the text and we would start to figure out what's going to go on what page and how we wanted all this to look. And for me, it was such a creative and fun process that all of a sudden, even though we started at 12, I might just look up and see that it's 4.30. And I'd be like, wow, it's really 4.30? I mean, we had gotten a lot done, but I had lost track of time. And it's because I wasn't feeling so stressed. I was doing something that I liked. I liked that part of the job a lot. But I had a very, 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 very different experience <laughs> when I would take the, the I want to talk in very basic terms here. Um, I'm just going to call it the book, the manuscript. When I would take it to the printer to be printed, I, I would always get just a little mild panic attack before that because... My thinking was, we have to agree. We have to agree on a budget that I'm allotted from the student government. We have to agree on a timeline. We have to agree on the quality of papers I want to use to print out this book. We have to come to agreement. And if we don't come to agreement, it's all on me because I am the one in charge. Oh my goodness, ask me how many hours of sleep I lost over that. Janelle, I'm just curious, does your mind work that way? When you are in a project you enjoy, do you lose track of time? And yet, when you are working on a project where you're maybe the one that has to be responsible, does your mind race through some questions and objectives that just sort of take you out of the joy. And the next thing you know, all you're feeling is pressure. I'll tell you, that was my experience. And what I had to work on was how I thought about the journey from the school to the printer, how I managed my own thinking because if I got all caught up in the idea that student government has only allotted X amount of dollars, and if we can't do it for X amount of dollars, boy, I am going to disappoint 7,000 people. <laughs> you know, if, if I thought that way, I, I'd be up all night. And I did it over and over and over again. But if I could tell myself, I'm going to this printer today, and I have a hearty budget, and we are going to find a way to work with my budget. We're going to work with this. I know there's going to be things that I have to talk through, but it's just stuff I have to talk through. That was a good place to start. And what I found was if I could practice this, what, what would happen is I'd notice I wasn't starting out over and over and over again with those stressful thoughts, I was actually starting out with thoughts of, hey, 
I'm working with really reasonable people. I'm going to bring them a reasonable budget. We're going to have a reasonable conversation. And then I'll go back to the school and I'll tell them what I learned. And and somehow what started to happen was I I was reflecting more on my habits. My old habit was that I put pressure on myself and and I thought about all the responsibilities in a really negative way and it caused a lot of stress. But once I noticed that I didn't really have to do that, I could instead, getting to another point here, I could instead be really committed to the job and to the joy and to the fact that I felt honored that I was trusted in it. The more I I experienced and faced that, the less I let the stress rule my planet. And I'll tell you, it it takes some practice. But I'll also tell you this, Janelle. I stopped saying that that job was too stressful. That job of running the publishing company at the college. I stopped saying that at one point. And I think it's because I aligned a little more with the idea that I wanted to enjoy it more. And I really was 100% in. I was all in that this literary magazine would be a beautiful thing. And if I was going to do that, really honor it, really enjoy it, really be all in, it, it was just sort of obvious that I had to pay attention. I had to reflect on what are my habits around this? And like I said, I had the the coaching help of Michael Neal that I'm passing along to you. But the help was that I can stay in a lousy relationship with this job and with my thoughts around it. Or I can realize I'm, I'm under a lot of stress because of the way I think about it. Not because it's a stressful job, more because of the way I think about the job. And if I can't escape that, then it might be a job to leave, you know? If we can't halt our thinking around a job, it just might be that our thinking around that job is hurting us and it, it might not be where we belong, but at least what I'm hearing in your letter, Janelle, is that you like this job and you want to be at this job. And so while, while it's fun to come back to our degrees and, and um, earlier, I'm looking, I'm looking at it now, earlier in the note, you had mentioned that this wasn't your first publishing job. So you have a lot of experience. But in, instead of all of that self-validation and that that interesting Wonder Woman persona we can take on and say, I'm, I'm skilled, I'm degreed, I'm ready, I'm this. What if we actually looked at the fact that there are components that we love about it and we are committed to it? 
and we're willing to love it even more. If we, if we can approach it that way, we find more of our love for it. And by nature, the, the stress for it does go down. It's a wonderful thing. Stress does not necessarily live in the situations. But what I'm learning is that if we don't monitor our thinking, stress will live there. So let's take one more last break. When we come back, um, I'll check and I'll see if anyone else has written in. And we're going to focus in this last segment how we deal with stress and our books. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Brenda Michael. And I'm Rob Spears, and we're excited to tell you about our changes for 2020. Conscious Talk is moving to Tuesdays, Wednesday, and Friday at our usual time, 7 to 8 a.m., right here on KKNW. We'll continue to bring you the leading edge of new thought and practical knowledge from natural health to spiritual growth. Don't forget, Conscious Talk is moving to Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 7 a.m. right here on KKNW 1150 a.m. Five things you need to know about measles in 30 seconds. The vaccine was developed in 1963, and measles became rare in the U.S. But low vaccination rates are now causing outbreaks that may put you at risk. Measles is highly contagious and spreads easily when an infected person breathes or coughs. Measles can have serious complications and can be deadly. It's also easy to prevent with a vaccine that's safe and effective. Please make sure you and your loved ones are vaccinated. Learn more at nfid.org slash measles. During these challenging times, there's a place that provides vet care for people who cannot afford it. It's called Doni Co. Pet Clinic, and it's been providing veterinary and wellness care for thousands of pets in the Seattle area since 1986. This includes access to spay and neutering, which is a requirement for all pets. If you'd like to find out more about Doni Co. or to make a donation, visit DoniCo.org. That's D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E dot org. Miss a show on KK? KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and today we are talking about stress and where it lives and how we deal with it and how we how we can continue on with life and with our writing projects when we're feeling stressed. And what I'm really recommending to you now is that you take some time to examine your thoughts around stress because anytime we feel like stress lives in our book, uh, we might find that it's actually hanging out a little bit more in our mind. One of my clients, um, she was in my program where I help people draft their books in 90 days. I work with first, second, and third time authors. And my whole ambition is to help you get that book that's been swirling around in your mind for possibly years to get that book onto the page in a first draft in 90 days. 
And some people need less time and some people need a little bit more. But 90 days is a good amount of time to think of as just just a workable timeline. And what I find is if people are willing to keep drafting, to keep working with those thoughts that want to come down and hit the page and get out of their mind, that they do get that draft done in about three months. It's when they're more like me <laughs> and they're tempted to go back and reread and rewrite and and enlist people to give them feedback and on and on and on that it can be really, really hard to get that first draft done. So one of my, my clients from some time ago, Erin, got in touch with me and one of the things she said was, I threw out my timeline and my blocks dissolved. In other words, she had a certain timeline in which she wanted to see her book get published. But when she threw it out, her blocks dissolved. And we can think of blocks, too, as our stress, the stuff that keeps us from producing more or the stuff that helps us just be aligned with our own thinking. The stress keeps us from being with our own thinking. I had a conversation not too long ago with someone about debt. And I was saying to this person, you know, I feel really uncomfortable because I have this school bill over here and I owe $20,000 on it and it's keeping me awake. I can't sleep. You know, I owe it to the school to pay that debt back. And she said to me, <laughs> I just cracked up. She said to me, I owe $800,000 on my mortgage and I sleep great every night. <laughs> and I mean, I was just like the gall of her to to say this. You know, I have this little $20,000 agreement with a school that I'm paying back and I feel like it's so significant and I'm chipping away at it each month. But yeah, if I think about it too much, I'm awake. And yet she owes $800,000 on her house and she's sleeping just fine. Now, a lot of us might say, well, you know, easy for her. You know, sounds like if she's in an $800,000 mortgage or whatever her mortgage plan is, that she definitely has some sort of plan and maybe more money than me and and all. But it it actually, I hate to tell you this, it it actually boils down to the fact that she has a better relationship with her thinking around her mortgage than I do with my thinking around the money I owe the school. She has a relationship of acceptance, and I don't really. I'm, I'm in this place of trying to get ahead. She's in a place of knowing this is what I owe, and this is how much time I have to pay it off. Okay, there you go. And she goes to bed, and she goes to sleep, and I go to bed, and I stay awake. And that's the difference. The difference is I have a, a relationship with stress that isn't so good. And she doesn't. 
I might be aware that, um, you know, it's going to take me a few years to pay off my school bill. She might be aware it's going to take her 15 years to pay off her house. But she accepts that. And when you accept things, you're, you're more hands-off. You're more enjoying the situation. Now, how does this work when we're talking about writing? Well, a, a lot of people have the desire to write a book. Now, that's something very enjoyable, where a lot of people are 100% in. They're 100% committed to writing their book. They start my program and say, yes, I want to draft this book. Yes, I'm committed to doing it in 90 days. And they, they do a very good job with the class, with the content, showing up each time, instilling good habits. They enjoy the process, and then the stress comes. But what's interesting is nothing's changed. We, we didn't change when we're doing class. We didn't change how hard class was. We didn't change how many things you have to achieve during class. We didn't change the fact that they have to write more now that they're further into class. None of that changed. But I'll tell you what's changed, and I know this because I asked them, what's changed for you? And here's some things I'm going to read to you that people tell me, usually around week four or so into the 90-day course. I have this fear that I will never finish this book. Yeah, that's a real fear. We're four weeks in. And they're thinking, I'm never going to finish it. Another one. I have this fear that my ideas are not original. Well, I, I mean, I can understand that, especially if you're copying someone. <laughs> that, that's going to ruin the idea of having original thoughts in your book. But the fear that my ideas are not original is just this notion that we've got to be able to know everyone's thoughts and somehow be the first person on the planet that ever put it in print. You know, that might be a little unreasonable. Uh, another person said, I have the fear that I'm going to leave something out and that something will be the most important thing. You know, I, I really related to that one. I have felt like that every single time I've done this radio show, that there is always going to be that one thing I wanted to say, and I'll leave it out. And, you know, I've probably done that at least half the time, and no one has written to me after the radio show and said, hey, hey, Debbie, you left out something really important. Not one person has ever done that. <laughs> Not even my sweet engineer has said, mm, you left something out, and I bet he never would. You know, the truth is that it's all in our thinking. We put this pressure on ourselves. We enjoy something. We're 100% into something. Could be your book. Could be something else. And all of a sudden, the thoughts start to run wild. Nothing's changed about the book. It's the thinking 
Now let's push this argument even further because we're living in wild times right now. So you might say, well, Debbie, if you haven't noticed, there's this virus that potentially is affecting the whole world. I, I've, I've noticed that. And I, I can go along for a little while that that's stressful. But I can only go along with the idea that it's the thoughts we have about the virus that are stressing us out. Because if you have committed in 2020 to writing your book, and if you have sat down and you've started the process, and all of a sudden a virus comes up, and now it affects you, and it affects you because it just exists in the world, not because it's flowing through your body, um, what what happens is you now are naturally in a position to think about the ramifications of what would I do if all these ifs come to be. And we, we almost start to act as if the if is here and it's not. If you don't have the virus, the if is not in your book. So you might say, well, before the virus, I thought I would write my book and publish it in 2020. And now, due to the virus, I have no idea if that's going to happen. So I would say that's a fact. You have no idea. But how you think about that fact determines how much stress you're going to experience. There's a book I wanted to publish in 2020, and the publisher I wanted to work with is way behind. If I go with her, if she goes with me, if we go together, 2020 might be off. It might be 2021. It might be even later. I didn't even think of that till now. But what's going to stress me out is how I think about that. If I think, oh, looks like I might not get published in 2020. Looks like I might get published in 2021. Yeah. That might be the year to get published. Okay. Then I'm not so stressed. But if I've got all this thinking that 2020 has got to be the year, that that's what I told people, that that's, that's what my whole business is set on. That everything is teetering on this. That nothing is going to happen until, and, uh, and uh, can you hear all that stress building up? The only thing that's changed is how I think about it. And we have to be really careful because sometimes we teeter our whole life on stressful thoughts. And they're nothing more than stressful thoughts. I have to really, really work with my clients that believe that their career is nothing until they get this book done. It's just not true. It's not true at all. They have a career. Their book could potentially build their career in many, many ways. But it's not a black and white thing. 
A book is not the on switch of your career. You are. You are. And if you're thinking things like the virus is going to take this whole thing down, I can understand that and I can empathize with it. But I just don't want you to stop there. I want you to realize that it's more important that you work with your thinking than you work with the situation and the circumstances believing that the stress is in those situations and circumstances. It actually has a lot more to do with how you think about it. We only have one or two minutes left here, but I want to take this time to say thank you very, very much for staying with me during 2020. I know there are many of you that turned this show on when you were doing your drive home, and now you're not doing your drive home, but you're still turning this show on, and you're still writing in, and you're still telling me how you're getting benefit from this show. And I just want to say thank you so much to Steve, to Terry, to Merti, to Annette, to Antonio, and to Zach for your recent letters, texts, and notes about how this show has been affecting you. It really means the world to me. I'll have another show next Thursday. And as always, I am trying to support the stories you live by as well as the stories you are writing. So stay tuned for more. I'll see you back here next Thursday. And until then, namaste, my friends.